Hey everyone, we'll be at Boogie by the Bay for a special episode of our show, Naked Wine Coast Truth. That's right, the Naked Truth meets Wine Coast Swing. We'll sit down to chat with the amazing Brandy Guild and the incredible Robert Royston. And who knows what's going to happen when the four of us get together with a bottle of wine. Join us Sunday night of Boogie by the Bay at 8.30pm in the Sand Pebble Room. We hope to see you at Boogie by the Bay. Welcome to the Naked Truth Real Talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And we are here at Bridgetown Swing 2019. We are so excited to have another opportunity to interact with our listeners and to chat with each other in person again for a change. Lovely. A big thank you to Katie Noggle and the Portland Swing Dance Club for hosting us and inviting us to do the show at their event. We will be chatting with Mr. Christopher Dumont tonight, and then we will open up the conversation to the audience. We'll take a few questions from our audience here, and then we will play a game with one lucky member of our audience. Our guest this evening first got hooked on dancing when he was 10 years old. Inspired by Michael Jackson's dance moves, his mom put him in hip-hop class at a local studio in Southern California. After two years of training in ballet and hip-hop, his mother convinced him to take a West Coast swing class at 5678 Dance Studio with Buddy Schwimmer, and he was hooked. He won the Young Adult Division at the U.S. Open in 2012 and 2013 with partner Nicole Clanch, and went on to place top five in the Classic Division with Nicole and then Tara Travzer. After a small break from routines this year, he debuted a new routine with partner Chantel Pianetta. In addition to West Coast Swing, ballet, and hip-hop, he has trained in Latin, ballroom, jazz, tap, contemporary, and nightclub, and in 2014, he competed in the cabaret division at the U.S. Open. Today, he dances in the champion division, competing in Jack and Jill's and Strictly's. He is also a musician and has been playing guitar for nine years. Here to chat about his experiences in dance and music, please welcome to the show, Christopher Dumond. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks for geez. having me. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what this entire thing is going to be like. That's just... Uh, Hi. Like Ross. I love Ross. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get started in West Coast Swing? Oh, gosh. Oh, uh, basically exactly how, how it happened. So basically, uh, when I went down to five, six, seven, eight, cause I was at this previous dance studio, did ballet. And the reason that I did ballet is because I really just wanted to do hip hop. And they're like, it's actually a requirement that you take ballet. And it was a ballet studio. And they're like, Ooh, boy. Right. So go down to five, six, seven, eight. Turns out, same thing happens. They're like, hey, would you like West Coast Swing? Because they go, ooh, boy, right? So I, the buddy is like, hey, like, do you want to try West Coast, blah, blah, blah. I was like, after me being there, I think for like six months, just doing hip hop, because I was actually driving, like, I wasn't driving. My grandma <laughs> would drive me from a Boy Scout meeting. We would finish at, I think, 7 o'clock at night drive 45 minutes down the mountain because that's where I grew up down the mountain and go do a one hour class and drive back up. And then we do that every week. And so after doing that for a little bit, um, buddy basically was like, Hey, do you want to try West coast? I was like, no, no cooties. I don't, I don't want to touch. You don't like, you didn't uh, like girls. Then? I don't want to touch people. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I just want to but don't touch people. Um, but anyways, I, my mom was like, Hey, look, it's free. If you hate it, you don't have to do it. So I was like, okay, fine. I tried it and I was, I was hooked. I literally was like, can I come back next week? And soon after that, it was like 
my first routine partner, which was actually not Nicole Clunch. It was Luke, Leah Sukenik. And I, I, yeah, we, we did set, we got second to last. It was good times at the open. <laughs> that, was, that was my first experience in 2007. It was great. It's great. But yeah. What was it that you liked about West Coast? Like what hooked you into it? Oh gosh. I would say probably in that class, it was the joy that I had in the class. So actually in that class, I think there was, there was Victoria, Nicole, her sister, Hannah, uh, Hannah's first partner, Marcos. Mar oh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, Alex, which was Nicole's junior partner before me. Mm -hmm. And then you had um, Michael and Johnny Dessel, also known as Johnny Savage or Johnny did a cartwheel. Um, <laughs> but basically those two brothers and, and that was our, that was the West coast class. And it was just the environment. It was the fun nature of it. I mean, if you haven't met buddy, like he just has that fun energy, fun energy. Yeah. And just like, he always just wants to get people moving and just like, yeah, totally. let's, let's go, let's have a fun time. And mm -hmm. then we can sort of delve deep into the details of dancing. Of, of dancing later, but it's just like, especially when you're working with kids, it's ridiculous, you know, especially when you have a kid that has ADD. For Do you those, have ADD, Christopher? I, I, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So since you've been dancing West Coast Swing, who has influenced you most as a dancer and as a professional? Ooh. So... I would say probably the most as a dancer would have to be, I would say, Sean McKeever and Ben Morris would be the two people that influenced me the most. Um, just because how I, I saw Sean like before, like he looks really good now and he still, he looked really good in the past, but it was more of like, he was more gangly like me i just right tall like you then tall thing, right and just how he was able to utilize his length to an advantage whereas i just kind of look like the muppet animal my mom's words not mine <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious you can ask her but um yeah it was it was just how he was able to utilize his length and that really inspired me to really you know utilize my length to an advantage and just Ben has a, has a way of just being able to have every pattern work. I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bar under the table. Yep, yep. I'll take that one. Yeah. You pour one more. So how is hip hop and ballet influenced your dance today? Oh, geez. Um, it, everything. Can you elaborate on that, please? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, as far as like ballet, especially like it is the foundation of everything. Like that's just, that's just his, it is, that is it. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I hated every minute of it at the beginning, like when I was at the first studio and then when I moved studios and I, you know, fell in love with West, West coast, <laughs> fell in love with West coast and started taking everything because that was the sort of Schwimmer mantra is like, be good at everything. Right. Don't just be good at one thing. Right. And that's when I really got to dive deep more into other styles of dance and ballet, especially. And it was just like the strength that you have to have, how your 
body really isn't designed to do it, but you have to really work at the muscles that you didn't know that you had. And it was just everything there. And then as far as the hip hop, it was, it's isolations. It's, it's rhythm, it's rhythmic, you know, and, and all those different things and being able to do weird things with your body, but still be on balance. That's yeah. Did you end up enjoying ballet at all while you were doing it? I I enjoyed performing it. I didn't really like the classes, but Mm. um, it was because it was very regimented. Yeah. It was just like, all right, now we do tendus. Now we do, you know, frappes and Mm -hmm. and then all like all the way, like an actual full blown warm up. And I was just like sitting there ADD, just like, when are we gonna do something different? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, we're gonna do like it was just. It is a little monotonous ballet because yeah. yeah, there's a lot at the bar. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was it was it was hard to keep focus, but I really like jumping. Me too. I love so jumping and turning. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, like getting a good jump where you feel like that, like half a second where you're just like floating, and then you land. It's awesome. And guys jump higher than girls anyway, so yeah. high yeah. center of gravity. Yep. So you've. Talked about the ballet hip hop experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Lori Schwimmer on the show yeah. to talk about how she works with juniors and just wondering what it was like for you to be a Schwimmer kid and go through that school. Oh, it was, it was awesome. Like what was the, so let me, let me go back to like my first time, like actually going into the studio. So I watched, so you think you dance and like Benji had just won mm-hmm. and then Lacey was just getting on the show and like the, the Hawk, dance that he did uh-huh. with like the mocky mockingbird one yeah mm-hmm. um so like that one had just like blown up and gone viral and i sit there and 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 the thing with that's funny is the person that's made all of my costumes in west coast is the one that actually said hey you should go check out the studio and we did and that that day i sit there and then benji Lacey, and hawk all walk in the studio and i'm like what and i was like I, I'm convinced and I haven't even talked with anybody yet or seen any classes. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll come here. And, um, that, that was just, it was interesting. And then now like seeing that evolve where like, just like celebrity, just like, Oh, and then now to call Benji a brother is, is ridiculous how, how that right. sort of became, came to be. But as far as the, the training and stuff, it was really, really, is really interesting and I say that because it, a lot of people that get coaching and stuff like that, it's very easy as instructors to kind of get that like by the book, oh, this person is kind of like this situation, so I'm going to say the tailor the same things. Whereas with the swimmers, it felt very like family, like, no, this matters. Like, like you need to do what you want to do sort of thing, and then we'll mold you to be that. So they make good humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and with the choreography, it was, it was insane because they always wanted to push you. So like when I first got the choreo for any one of Nicole and I's routines and juniors, like we couldn't do any of it. And then we had to learn to do it until the performance came to be like, we didn't come out of the gate being like, Oh yeah, we let's put this in here and we can do that. Mm-hmm. It was always like, okay, how can we, get better. And, and that's how I started learning was through the routines. And like our first routine was just kind of like, okay, let's get, let's go through the motions kind of like, let's see what we can do. And then the second routine was like, okay, let's push our artistry a bit. So we pushed our artistry, our 
technique wasn't that good. And then the next routine after that was all lines. Like we had to have good lines. And then the routine after that, it was, it was like, how can we dance super fast and tight and intricate? And then like our last routine in juniors was kind of like melding all of that together. And it sort of just evolved. And that's, that's how they built it up. It was, it was just, it felt like family and then also just always pushing you. Cause it's like, it's that, um, it, how, do, how do I phrase it? It's the lovingly, you're never good enough. Uh, tough love. It's the, it's a tough life. It's yeah. like, it's the loving, you're never good enough. It's like, no, you can always be better. It's right. that's, that's a better way to phrase it. Sure. Like you can always be better. It's not like you're never good enough. Right. But just keep pushing yourself. Why not? Right. So you moved into the champions division at a young age, like so many others before you. What was it like dancing in champions, Jack and Jill's and strictly swings at that age? Moving up so young. Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. Well, the thing was, is I got the luckiest draws known to man for my first like six comps and champs. It was insane. So th- I think the biggest thing was when I got into champs, I think it was, let's see. I was, I think like 1920, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, is like, I was still technically dancing in juniors because you can do right. that. So right. Nicole and I's last routine, I was 19 when we did it in juniors. And my first comp was at, in champs, was at Monterey Swing Fest. And it was all-star champ. And I drew Sarah Van Drake. And then we ended up winning. And I was like, how do we do that? Well, you had Sarah Van Drake. Exactly. Yeah. Just right. an FYI. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. It yeah, yeah, it kind of helps. helps. It helps. Yeah. So I got Sarah, and then, like, a little later down the road, City of Angels, I got Jen DeLuca, and then a little later down the road, I got Brandy, and then a little later down, I got Tori, and I'm like, how you can, poor thing. How can one person <laughs> be so lucky? Like, I got all of these people. Mm-hmm. It was it was insane. It was just, and and I would say probably the hardest thing just in general as a junior, like because I I was in the community for gosh probably seven years before and that. Before I was like, okay, now right. you're not a junior anymore. And there's a ghost in here. <laughs> Anyways, there's the ADD, full example. Anyways, so I totally forgot what I was saying. <laughs> all the great partners that you got in all the Jack and Jill's. Yes. Oh, yeah. And junior, and, oh, yeah. And juniors. Same. So, like, I, w- I was in the community's eye as a junior. And then it was really hard for people to be like, oh, he can dance sexual now. Right. Right. Where it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's, it's just like being taken as more of an adult right. sort of thing in that champ's division. It's like, oh, no, like, look at this kid. It's like, oh, no, like, look at this, this person, man. you know, dancing, mm-hmm. you know, versus like, oh, this kid is kind of cool. It was, that was the biggest, I think, and hardest leap dancing in champs is like going from, oh, cool kid to actually know, like, this is a, like, mature dancer dancing. And getting a little bit more respect versus like, you know, clap, clap, you're a kid. Mm-hmm. What, so, was, what was that switch? Uh, I don't know. I just sort of settled in mm-hmm. to what I was doing versus always trying to be super excited. Do you think that maybe uh, dancing with the women that you danced with kind of help you with the switch? Because we, we're kind of like mommies when we have 
young ones like you in the division. Oh. We kind of like guide you and yeah, let like, you know that it's okay to be here and we want you here. And yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's definitely a comfort thing. Like the more you, like the more comfortable, like we all can relate to that. Like the more comfortable you are, the more relaxed you are, mm-hmm. you know, the, the less manic your decisions are going to be. Right. And it's just, it becomes a little bit more natural and flowing. And I think that's, that's what happened. It was just kind of like exposure, dancing with the, uh, with people more, you know, mm-hmm. the people that I idolized more. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I saw you on YouTube. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm dancing with you now. Like it was, it was, it was surreal and it still is, but it was whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it was, um, it was interesting and, and fun and I, I really enjoyed it and I still do. Well, outside of dance, yes. um, you've had a passion for music. Yes. You've been playing guitar and you even compose your own music, which you can listen to on his website. That is true. It's and really good. We're curious to know how your experience making music has influenced your dancing, if at all. <laughs> but I imagine it has. So much. So funny story of like actually how I got to playing guitar is um, I was, you know, Guitar Hero was super big when I was growing up. Right. And, you know. I, I was playing guitar, uh, sorry, I was playing Guitar Hero, and my dad was like, you realize you can get girls if you play the real thing, right? And I was like, okay. So I went, so. Uh, <laughs> that okay was amazing. <laughs> all right. So I ended up um, picking up the guitar and just teaching myself, and um, sort of fell in love with it. I was like, Oh, like I'm making things that I actually enjoy hearing and, and all that stuff. And sort of evolved into me then, you know, cutting, cutting my own routine music and then, you know, making my own music and all that stuff. And now doing school for music. But as far as like the, how it's helped me, it was, just having a deeper understanding of what you move to. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like w- when you make it, it's kind of like, Oh, having an opinion as far as a routine, but until you like make a routine, then you're like, Oh, then you learn all of these things that you don't normally see as like an audience member or just someone seeing the routine. You, you know, you just don't know until you're in it. And then the same thing with music. You're like, Oh, this is pretty simple, blah, 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 blah. But then once you're in it making the music, you're like, oh, like this is this is how you make things feel this way or like how you feel a phrase change coming. Right. That sort of thing. Or like you learn different time signatures and all that stuff. And it's really just being able to dissect what we move to. That's what's really helped just understanding things. And also the fact that pretty much musicians are assholes. That's oh. <laughs> No, no, like reason being, like they just want to mess with you. Like whenever we are like, oh yeah, so like the generalized is it's usually four or four. It's usually 32 counts right. before the phrase. But a musician will be like, ah, here's two counts, just randomly. Right. Like Prince, he'll put the break on a two instead oh, yeah. of a, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. just like, ran- like they just like to do it because there it really isn't any rules. You can do whatever like you West want Coast. with a song. <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever you want, but... You know, it's, yeah. So that's interesting because you, you came into music after being a dancer, right? Yeah. Um, Because I came into dance after playing music growing up. And I found that 
to understand music the way a musician does is different from how we yes. as West Coast swing dancers understand it. Just like, so. I understand what you're saying about, yeah. you know, I always use the analogy of like, I wouldn't ask somebody who doesn't speak German to be a translator at the UN, you know, right. like the better, you know, the music, the better you can interpret it through your own body. Right. For sure. But I still feel like I never thought about phrase changes or well, that's interesting. Yeah. or anything. When I was playing music, I played what was on the page. Right. And right. It had different time signatures that often switch if you're playing like yeah. classical music, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to me that you kind of had that perspective of dance as a framework mm-hmm. and then understanding music. Whereas I think when you, I mean, and you taught yourself, right? So like when I learn music, what do you learn first? You learn the classics, you learn Mozart, you right. learn Beethoven. Yep. And like, there is no clear structure there other than maybe movements. Um, so coming at it from a dancer, is just a very different perspective. It's actually a better way to do it because I have a perfect example of uh, Michael Monarch, who mm. was in the band Stepping Wolf, Yeah, used to cut mine and Robert's music for our routines. Interesting. And he would have a hard time cutting the music because he heard differently than we did so we would have to guide him to how to cut the music because he counts in fours we had to explain to him you count in fours we count in eights it's the same thing right Right? and then once he figured that out from four back right he he finally got it so musicians and dancers do think and or hear um music differently but talking about music in school because you just mentioned that earlier um you're now embarking on a new personal journey you're going back to school for audio production what led you to go back to school where do you hope to go with the degree? And will it impact your dance career in any way? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Loaded question. Go big or go low. Loaded <laughs> load load question, but I think it was, um, it was just sort of like taking a step back just in general. Like, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that as well. But like I sort of took a step back recently and it was just sort of just evaluate what I valued, what I wanted, what I wanted to do. And so within that, it was like audio production and music. Like I've been cutting and making music for a while, for, for a while, yeah. for, for Lots people. Of professionals, yes. So like, like I did one of my favorites was, um, what did what I just do? I really, you liked, still owe us music by the way. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to make us a song for our podcast. You know that, right? I, yes, I know. Okay, I'm not mad. I'm just okay. Moving on. Yes. Shameless plug. You will hear hear a jingle written by me <laughs> right. in the future. Right. We wanted a jingle before our podcast now it's on the show. So, so now you have to do it. Yep. Now everyone knows. Everyone knows. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, um, I did Ben and Victoria's uh, previous routine that they're still doing at this moment. Mm-hmm. And then I did a uh, poison and wine for Ben and cameo ben and cameo. Mm-hmm. And that was super fun, but it's just like, it's, it's kind of like every, um, blockbusters, like a visual artist's dream is when you don't notice a special effect. Right. So it's like when you don't notice that I added stuff, people are like, Oh, that's really cool. And I'm like, Oh no, I, I added that. And right. they're like, Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, but I would to say what sort of really, um, really pushed me into this more direction was when Tara and I did Rise, which was... Which I gave you that song. This is accurate. <laughs> this is absolutely accurate. She was like, you got to do this song. I'm right. Like, 
All right. I was like, I think I can make a song going to this. Mm-hmm. And then I did. Yep. Yeah. So literally, if you if you go back and watch that. Um, you I'm, added a lot of embellishments in it. Yeah. I, I it, so was, it was literally just the reverse vocal that happens like the, and the piano and the vocals. Everything else I did. That's right. So it was the guitar at the beginning, literally everything I added in there. And that sort of spurred me into like investing more into sound effects and instruments and that sort of thing. And now I have way too much stuff. Um, but I think it's important for the audience to know that you have a very um, musical family. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. It was, it was really surreal. So my, I have two, two uh, little brothers. They're 13 and 11 now. And, um, and they're both, I think Ethan's in piano and he plays the violin as well. And I was over one holiday season and he was like, Hey, like the, and I was like, he was like, show me what you got. Show me the things. And he was teaching me how to read music because I don't know how to read music still. And he was teaching me. He was like, Hey, like this. And it was, you still most, don't know how to read music. I still don't know how to read You're music. just a natural, you do go by feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all math. And how old your brother? He's 13. It's all math. Are you not good at math? No, we're dancers. We count to eight. It's terrible. Yeah, I know. F- well, f- yeah, <laughs> we it's well, terrible at math. Well, f- well f- like funny enough, like the math was my strongest subject in school. What happened? I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but really, it's just it's all math. It's and and you go by feel. So like, because whenever you harmonize anything, it's usually a fifth. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Everything is on YouTube and the internet. That's how I know it. So just saying. So like a fifth or a seventh is really nice with the root note of everything. And it's just like, that's how you create all of these really nice, big sounding string sections. And that sort of thing is you just add all of these harmonizing things that layer it. And, and you never put anything within the same like octave range. You always put the bases like, at, you know, C C zero ish C zero to C one, and then you put the cellos like overlapping, but like C one to C two, and you just keep going so that way it becomes this broad sort of thing. And yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that, but it was awesome. <laughs> well, having a musical family, um, what I mean, did your brother influence you? Well, the, like the funny thing is, is like my so my mom. My mom introduced me to like classical, like classic rock, like the best, like Beatles, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, hair metal, which is by far my favorite genre of music ever. Um, like Scorpions, White Snake, mm-hmm. Motley Crue, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad was more of like the techno, like. It was, and uh, your dad was techno techno and hip-hop like we would listen like we would sing white lines that's shocking <laughs> yeah it was awesome. white lines vision, vision dreams of passion connecting to my mind all the dwala think of you yeah yeah and oh fun fact about that song so the um the i think the sound effect that they use for the snare yep is actually them sniffing <gasps> it's like that's what, that's what it is. Wow. I, I just assumed it was sniffing. Oh, you did? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's called White Lines. White Lines, yeah. <laughs> right. But Which, it did sound like a snare to me, but okay, good. Yeah, that, I'm going to go back now and listen. Yeah. it's. I it, used to love that song. It's yeah. on the like, I grew up on that check. song. Like, you're 
younger yes. a lot. It was eighties by a little bit much. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 80s is my favorite thing ever. I love everything about the 80s. Me the too. Fact, the fact that everyone could wear makeup and it was socially acceptable, let's bring that back. Yeah. I <laughs> I just like the music, but I, the fashion was terrible. Me- let's talk, let's be honest. Fashion was terrible. Yes. You didn't like highlighter color geometric shapes? No. <laughs> the worst fashion ever. Or paper but cups great for music, especially in rock. 80s rock was fantastic. Oh. Oh yeah, it, I liked it too. Because it, it was, it wasn't the. So there's certain bands now like to go full nerd into music, but like there's bands now like in the metal genre mm-hmm. that still have that sense of like orchestral flair, mm-hmm. where it feels more like a ballad. It feels like the guitars are harmonizing with the vocalists. Like Queen like, was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. basically that mm-hmm. as inspiration, and like hair metal is what started that. Like they have these beautiful ballads that they would just go on for seven minutes and you and you didn't want it to stop. Led Zeppelin was like that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I love rock music. It's so good. Me too. I love so it. Good. I, I didn't know if I was reflecting on the state of music or my own age, but I hit a point about five years ago where I'd stop listening to like the top 40 stations and just listen to the like 70s, 80s. Yeah, that's Channel. what I yep. do too. Yep. It was like music was good. Like yes. it had feeling and meaning and it wasn't just a hook and then yeah, some they got some like 12-year-old girl to sing on top of it. Just repeating one word over and over again? Yeah. Karma, 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 karma. Come <laughs> you come and go. Come and go. Yeah. Okay, let's not sing. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Moving on. By the way, have you ever talked to Jordan about like audio? Because when we talked to him, he talked about how he did a lot for their routine songs and right. editing and and adding. I haven't talked to him much, but I talked to him like very briefly at like one event. Mm-hmm. It was super interesting. Like we were comparing like oh like how we go about things and that sort of thing. Um, Do you guys use the same program? I don't. I, from my it was a while back. What do you use? I usually like what I've been using is Ableton to mainly cut and then logic to master and make sure all the levels are good. And, or if I'm adding anything, I usually use logic, but now because of school introducing me to pro tools, I'm like, I will never use anything else. Okay. Like it's just the end all be all mm-hmm. is everything that I want. It's like all the things that Ableton have that I really like it has. And then all the things that logic has, it has. So mm-hmm. I'm like, why use two programs? I can just use one. So, yeah, I can't remember which one which one he used. I feel like he used Acid Pro, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't. Know. We didn't. Talk don't quote that. me. I don't know. I was like, yeah. So you started talking about how you took a break, yeah, to figure out what you wanted to do. How would you land on audio production, and how does that fit in with like your burgeoning dance career? Ah, yes. That was, right, that, was that, that was the second half of the question. Good job, Eric. Like, yeah, that was yeah, really you're good. always on that it. That was awesome. More wine, please. Um, yes, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, got to switch switch colors now. We're doing it in reverse, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? So, as far as the taking the step back, it was because I was really falling out of love with just doing this. I understand. This is the honest truth. Like I was falling out of love. Like I wasn't liking the stuff I was producing traveling all all the time it just i was like um no i don't want to i need to i need to take a break at least and and the the routines is is what 
takes usually the most out of you and what gets you hired most of the time mm-hmm. is the routines in a general sense. And so I took a step back, still did events, still worked on that sort of thing. But out of taking that step back, it was the fact that I knew that I loved performing and that's what got me back in as far as the dance wise. And as far as the audio production, it was just, it's something that's expanded. And I just recently told some of my friends, I was like, I have practiced more on my music than I ever have dance, like ever. I think I've practiced probably the amount of hours, triple the amount. On music and now because you're in school or just in general in general like oh. since I started playing guitar mm. like I, I would get home from class at the studio and I'd come back and I would like play guitar until 2 in the morning I wouldn't dance until 2 in the morning mm-hmm. well it's no fun when you're just doing it by yourself anyway uh, right the guitar you got a partner yeah what are you looking at me like that Eric Nothing. somebody had to say something and I didn't I don't understand you almost did <laughs> I don't understand what's happening I don't either. Nope. <laughs> yeah. But it, but like I just What about doing it by yourself? I'm I have no comment. Right. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. So <laughs> You should take another sip of that. I should. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Cleanse your palate. <sighs> Refreshing. Um so as far but like I just really wanted to expand it and I wanted to actually make something out of it versus it being a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really enjoyed, and and I feel like people that have come to me as far as like music stuff for Mm -hmm. editing their routines, like I've been able to do more and and it's been so much fun and I really enjoy doing it. And I was like, why not just make that a part of my career choice sort of situation? So where do you see that going though? Do you see that going, like using that part that you're learning about music going into dance in the dance community or do you mm-hmm. see you offshooting into actual music production and still being in the dance community? Uh, uh, both. So I think it'll influence like how I can edit for people and make for people. Um, but the main, the main reason why I did it is because I want to have essentially a main job that is like Monday through Friday. That's a little bit flexible. That so gives like, you money. That gives me money. And that I, like, you know, that I can just work for a company. I don't have to worry about getting contracts. Someone else assigns me a contract and it's like, hey, do this thing, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's a lot of legwork and it's just, it would be nice to be like, all right, so this is what we're working on today, blah, 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 blah. Whether that be, you know, a sound designer for video games, Foley artist for movies, you know, making music in a studio, being the person that produces tracks for new artists, like working via like a record company, like Mm -hmm. honestly anything in that industry, I'm just like, I would be cool doing that for my career, your career, 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 career. And dance would be part of your career, but not the whole career. Right. And and I think that that's, it's not a thing of like, Oh, are you going to be at less events or are you not going to be here as much? I was like, no, if they want me there, I'll be there. Right. You know, but I want to be able to, really expand this music and and all that stuff it's it's just it's too much fun to not i agree yeah so that's that was the main motivation there and and more or less why i wanted to do it yeah uh, don't you have your own youtube channel with you you're playing your guitar or you've you've posted on 
Facebook, my, yeah, something. My my Instagram is littered with me is. just doing like there a bunch of different like guitar riffs or like things that have, you know, like I've played until like five in the morning. And What's I your Instagram name? Chris underscore dude man. All right. So go listen or go watch yeah. and listen on Instagram. We'll put a link in our footnotes. We will. Yeah. Yes. It, and the whole, like, people are like, why dude man? I was like, well, um, it was back when, like, Stephen Guido and Hannah were dancing and Nicole and I were dancing and we were hanging out. And uh, Nicole came up with the, the nickname of, like, dude man. Dude man. Because it sounds like Dumont. Yeah. So, I like it. So it stuck. And that was been my Instagram handle. And it probably won't change. No, you shouldn't change it. Yeah. I like it. So that's that's where that is. My my YouTube channel, I've categorized all of every video that's of me on YouTube that exists in existence is all in playlists organized into Jack and Jill Strictly's everything on my YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah. It took a while. But I Would did. you do that for me? Yeah. I have no time to do any of that. I got you. All right. Yeah. I set it up to where like you literally, it's like, oh, here's a new video. You just click the little three dots and add it to a playlist and it'll be at the top. So it'll be all chronological from present oh. to past. You're hired. Cool. <laughs> Honestly, encourage everyone to do it because like then you don't have to worry about the copyright stuff. Like other people can worry about that and you just take the credit and put on your YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more of just like, hey, like here's, here's my channel. Here's all of the things consolidated into one playlist on in one place. And like, I have one where it's all of my junior routines and it's all of the junior routines chronological, you know, and it's all of the routines that I've done that aren't juniors routines. So like my classic routines with Tara and Nicole, and then my cabaret routine and then my proms routines that I've done with my students, like all in one, one, you know, playlist. It's, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's OCD in me. I'm just like, this looks really nice. (laughs) (laughs) It feels right. Um, Speaking of routines, uh, you mentioned kind of falling out of love with dance. Mm -hmm. And yet you're back doing another routine. Yes. So have you rekindled your passion? Oh, 100%. Okay. What what changed? Because we've talked on this show about how we've both struggled. How do you, how did you find that passion again? It was more of like, why did I go down this journey anyways? Because the thing was, is like for, for people that don't know me, because the thing is, is like a lot of people don't know my past before the dance community. Right. Like when I was like in kindergarten in the same month, I said I was going to be a firefighter an air force pilot. And I think a race car driver. And my mom's like, Okay. <laughs> Just what a mother wants to hear. Yeah. She's Three like, dangerous careers. She's like, okay, like whatever you want. And fun little tangent story. I actually prevented a forest fire when I was in kindergarten. Please tell us the story. I am not kidding. So my dad picked me up from my elementary school. And ironically enough, it was when the fire department visited the school with all the kids, showed them the trucks, that sort of thing. We all got hats. It was amazing, (laughs) right? So we were driving back and there was, because, you know, when you're up in the mountains, pine trees, if you've lived in the mountains or anywhere around trees, you know that pine needles, big fire hazard. Yep. So everyone usually rakes them. Well, there's this one property. They started it, but they didn't really finish. And the pile was smoking. 
and started to like catch. So we literally like stole their hose and I was, and I told my dad, I was like, pull over. We need to do this thing. And I'm five years old and he's like, all right. And he's like, oh yeah. And so we took their hose from their house and put out a fire in the middle of a forest. Oh, Smokey the Bear would be so proud of you. I know, right? Yes. But yeah, so so basically what I was trying to say as far as that is like my my focus of what I wanted to do always changed. Mm-hmm. And for me to even be a year in dance, two years in dance was like a big thing. Big because, thing for you. Big thing for me because mm-hmm. I was, you know, like I did track, I did basketball, and then I went to Alabama for space camp, like... Wait, you went to space camp? I went to space camp in Alabama, yeah. Yeah, I got the full blue jumpsuit, and we got to train in this, like, full replica-sized space shuttle and do, you know, uh, missions, like how they would train normal astronauts. And then I did wakeboard camp, and then, you know, went snowboarding. Like, I did so many different things that, like, my interests were just like, oh, let's, let's do that. This explains so much. Right? Yes. <laughs> totally. So so when I landed on dance and my mom's like, Oh, he's he's doing he's still doing Oh, okay. Like it was it was a shock because of how sporadic my interests were. And this piqued your interest and you stayed with it. And I stayed with it. Yeah. And ended up making a career out of it. And the the thing that sort of kept me was just I really love performing. I love playing characters. I love going down that that path and just doing that and um, taking that step back. I have, I sort of fell into, I need to get the contract. Oh, I need to get that contract. I yeah, need to, tough. Oh, I need to, you know, play political. I need to play buddy, buddy with this person. So that way I can do this and blah, 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 blah. And it just made me not want to do it do anymore. It. No, I'm just yeah. like, this is just too much of a headache. Like why, why do I need to pine over you? They should be pining over you because you're talented. That's like, the whole thing with like, the West why, Coast Swing like, community. Why do I need to be pining over yeah. you? Like, if yeah. you walk through an airport, there wouldn't be paparazzi. I'm sorry. Right. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. But, um, so that's I just I had to take a step back because that's where I was. I was just like, why? Why do I need to do this? And then I I realized that the performance, like performing, doing routines, and just being out there and, and dancing for mm-hmm. me, for the sake of me creating something mm-hmm. is, is why I wanted to, to come back. And, and people, people were like asking me like, Oh my gosh, like when are you coming back and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I, I was like, I'm back. I'm coming back. Did that make you feel uncomfortable when people asked you that? It was, uh, it was more of like, Ooh, like who are you? And they kept, it was more like they kept suggesting people. And I was like, for you to dance with? For you to dance for me to dance with. And I'm like, no. Or there was the people that like jumped on the boat as soon as they knew. So it was it was kinda like um I just recently watched like the Hot Ones interview with Ashton Kutcher and he was talking about how like investors are like Oh, start, I saw like, that for, like for startup companies. I guess I saw like, that. They run up in the elevator and they're yes. like, Hey, can I tell you about my company? Yeah, because like, he's so good at finding good companies. Right. Ashton Kutcher, yes. Yeah, super talented guy. Yeah. But like um, it was kind of like that. They're like, Oh my gosh, like, hi, how are you doing? Oh, by the way, would you like to dance with me? And I'm like, <laughs> like, how do I politely say no, I do not want to, because it's just, it's an immediate turnoff. Like for me, like I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm a 
about to dance an all American. Like this is not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I got my number on. I got my, I got my number on. Or or it's like, uh, it was like yes, ask me. Cool. I will, I will cons I will consider the options. But the thing is, it's like I, I me naturally as a person, I always put people's happiness before mine, and it's something I've always struggled with. So. I had to put my happiness before anybody else's. It's like, oh no, like, would this be good for you? I was like, no, would this be good for me? Would I enjoy myself? Right. That was my biggest worry. And like, so many people went through my head. I was like, how, like, what? And then, you know, I danced uh, with Chantel and at, at Summer Hummer, and, and we've danced like a little bit after that too, and, and before that as well, and just really connected well just socially. And you recognized that she was the one. Yeah, yeah and, totally. And, and that was the thing is I actually just recently told her, and she didn't know that. I was like, the reason that I chose you is because how you social danced with me. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That's the key. That was it. Like that yeah. was that was the, that was my deciding factor. Like there was so there's so much talent in this community, so much talent that can mm -hmm. be showcased that isn't showcased, and it it was just like the soul stance. Like and I knew that she was a professional. Like she's a professional ballerina. Mm -hmm. So she good work ethic. Good work. Mm -hmm. Like she knows work and yep. so I already knew that was there, but that wasn't my biggest thing. I was like, okay, that's a bonus. Like how do we? interact we, with each we, other on the dance interact? floor how do we, yeah. how do we connect and that was that was the biggest thing it was it was it was that and i just wanted to do something that i loved and i you know we we decided on the song and i love the song i love the artist um, i like it's, her too yeah it's we're dancing to bury a friend if you like the video is not on youtube on purpose um, but, by Billie Eilish, but it's by but it's by Billie Eilish, and I love the song, I love the choreo because I felt like a junior again, and that's 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 what because it pushed me, because there was and and it's no harm nor foul to the choreographer or my past partners, but I just I never. I didn't feel challenged for for a for a period of time. Well, you didn't feel you. I didn't feel. Oh yeah, I just didn't feel me. And like, you feel more you. Yeah, that's I, okay. And like, I feel pushed. I feel motivated. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like I, I, we practiced, you know, last weekend, and it was so much fun. And it was like that's the thing is like, it was fun to work, and mm -hmm. that was. Like that's how I knew, and and that's hard to find. Yeah, and it's it, hard to find the perfect partner where you have a good work ethic together, where you have fun together, where you yeah. enjoy competing together, you enjoy spending time together. That's so hard to find. And I think, and I think the most important thing that like most people don't know is it's just kind of like trust. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like if you have trust, it's like oh, like you'll tell me when you don't like something or like blah, 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 blah. Like trust is a, is a huge, huge deal in, in the working sense of things. Totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, trust is the biggest thing for anything, not just dancing. Oh yeah. Like relationships, 100%. life, if trust you don't, is everything. If you don't trust, then you're going to be bald by the time you're 30. Like, you know, they're just with the anxiety, just shaking like, Oh my gosh, oh, no, I'm like, good. what's going to happen? I'm oh just yeah. Checking. <laughs> yeah. I'm receding normally. So I think we're good. <laughs> Well, um, speaking of trust, let's switch gears a bit. Okay. Sure. We've discussed on this show the changes that the U.S. Open has made. Oh, yeah. To adjudicating swing content. And I assume you'll be competing there this fall. Yes. 
So I wanted to ask you as a competitor, how do you feel about the new system of judging swing content? It's interesting. <laughs> Can you elaborate on it's, that, please? Well, yeah. <laughs> I like to buy a vowel. <laughs> um, no, it, it's, it's really interesting. Like, I'm trying to formulate because there's so many thoughts going through my head. You don't have to be politically correct. This is the naked truth. I I, I understand. I understand. Okay. And just... it, like I already like when it when it immediately came out, uh, a lot of people were more concerned about the mathematics of application mm-hmm. and the amount of judges that were judging said swing contact that sort of thing. My my biggest my biggest gripe was the fact that there was no video review at the actual event. There was only video review previous to the event. They changed that now, but yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when it originally was posted. Yes. Like that was my biggest gripe. Right. And I was like, look, every other sport, whenever it's a close call, has a video review. Mm-hmm. Like football, mm-hmm. basketball, mm-hmm. racing, mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's like whenever it's a close call and they call on the court or like in tennis, they're like, oh, out. Like, and they mm-hmm. challenge it. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, no, go back and look at that. And they do the camera. And they're like, no, that was actually in. Cool. So my biggest thing was that as far as, like, evaluating the actual swing content, I think the fact of having swing content judges is a good idea because it sort of splits the responsibility a little bit. The other people can just sort of worry about execution, technique, performance, that sort of thing. But don't you think a good judge should be able to do all of those things? I yeah. I mean, do they have a uh, you know a, a basketball content judge? <laughs> a you no, know, like there's, there's no have, there's no such referees. thing as there's no such thing as salsa content. There's no such thing as ballroom content. There's no such thing as Latin content. No such thing as ballet content. What is? We've talked about how all of those dance forms have very distinct, distinct properties so, and distinct we, music, and we have such a right. wide range. But we of do have distinct music. properties about our dance. We have them. Brandy talked about it. This is Sever- yeah. it, it, in in depth. Right. The only thing that changes about our dance is the music that we dance to. That's it. Yeah. And I think the I think the hardest thing is the fact that. Even though it, I, I feel like it's it's pretty distinct what makes our dance like characteristically our dance because it's so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the fact that most, if you took everybody into a pool and had say like, oh, this is what we agree on as a hundred percent. It's we move in a slot and we walk and we triple. That's about it. Like that's what we, we move in a slot. We walk and oh, we yeah, triple. Anchor. We stretch. We yeah. anchor. The stretch right. tree direction. Yeah, like that. That's all we would agree upon. But it's like, oh, but isn't, isn't that isn't enough? enough? Yeah, exactly. Like, isn't that enough? And the thing that's that's interesting is like, I, I don't, I don't. You because no, just I just yeah. want to interrupt you for a moment because yeah. because now they want to make it that, like you know, one footed spins are not part of West Coast, but they are. But they are because I could do a tuck turn. I could do one, two, three, and step on four and do a one-footed spin from my five and six, and then go into my one. So I, I just, it's not okay. I think, yeah. I, it's not okay. I think it's getting its getting into like the, like, it's like whenever you're, uh, this is my analogy. 
So whenever you're going to, like we've all at after dance events, we've gone out like, oh yeah, let's all do a big group dinner. Right. And you have that one person that's like, all right, so you owe $1.86. Oh my God. I hate that person. And I'm like, (laughs) just throw in $2. Do it. Come on. Let's just split it evenly. Right? We're here for the company. Um, I got the side salad. I got the side salad. Seriously. (laughs) All I had was a water. (laughs) (laughs) I was just parched for this dinner. I'm sorry. But like I, I think that that's that's where we're getting to. It's mm-hmm. like we're getting to that person that's nickel and diming everything, versus just being like, "Oh, I enjoyed the meal. Here's twenty bucks." Too much minutia, right. right? And and like, you know, we've we've done like a, a few friends of mine. Like we've gotten together and we're like, we've nickel and dimed winning routines, routines that have like won the U.S. Open that hold the title of like, this is my favorite routine of all time, and there's like. If you're doing the stopwatch thing and you do the math, it's 60%. All the time. And I'm generous. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm a very generous person Mm -hmm. and lenient. And like, 60% is what I got. 62% is what I got. And I'm like, but it still looks so much like West Coast. It is swing. I get it. But the thing is, is like, if we get to the point where it's like, if a person that does essentially a Jack and Jill dance gets rewarded because they have the swing content, but not the level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to get into a really big issue. Like a really, really big issue is because then we're not going to be pushing the envelope of the dance anymore. We're going to be holding it back. Well, it'll get more like, like ballroom. And, uh, who and wants that? No one. Well, I don't, I, mean, I don't seriously. want that. Like that's that's what draws people to the dance is the freedom of the dance. I mean, uh, and you know, I I don't want to like call anybody out, but the fact that the U.S. Open has to use these things to decide swing content, it kind of tells me that you're not really good judges because I don't need that thing to tell me that it's swing. I don't need that. So there's a problem. Well, and there's two things here because one is. Uh, and we talked about this with Sylvia that like West yeah. Coast swing doesn't really fit within the other swing dances no, anymore. No, it doesn't. And doesn't. yet, our definition of swing content is supposed to be comprehensive, right? And so we're evaluating West Coast swing routines Correct. on these other forms of the dance. So there's that issue. The other issue, though, and we talked about this with Gary, is that on the one hand, you need clear rules to have a fair evaluation but they've had of competitors. Cl- and at the same time, we don't want to be ballroom, but the thing that ballroom does really well is they have very clear guidelines. Yeah, so they- it's like, how do we have a balance between still having the freedom of expression, right. but also having clear standards upon which right. we evaluate our dance? But ballroom, it's easy to have clear guidelines with ballroom because each dance has specific regimented things. We have those things in our dance, but not like they do. Well, and we also don't distinguish, we don't judge routines on a single dance. We're doing right. a family of dances. Correct. If we said, okay, this is a, these are West Coast swing routines, we're going to evaluate Which is why Coast. they need to have more judges that are educated in more than one dance yep. who are also successful in the dance that they're judging. And most of the judges are not that. Yeah. Oh, did I say that on The Naked Truth? I did. <laughs> oh, not the first one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I, here's what I'm going to tell you. I okay. know you're going to the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. and, and I saw your routine, and I think it's fantastically fabulous. Mm-hmm. I want you to go to the U.S. Open, and I want you to dance your ass off and not give a shit 
about the judging and just I'm, go do I'm, you. Yeah, I'm not. And That's I'm all not I submitting want. my video beforehand. Don't do it. Just go do I'm you. Not. And whatever happens, happens. Because at the end of the day, the general population will recognize how great it is. Well, the thing is, is like I'm not dancing for the sake of swing content. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's it. Like I'm not. That's not what I'm doing it for. No, like, but there are people that you know. The the U.S. Open used to be much more prestigious title than it is now. It's I not as prestigious now than it is was back then. So now people live in a box and they do things according to try and get a specific outcome. And the object of the exercise is to go out there and just dance. And whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I'm not going to sac. I never. I always say I'm never going to sacrifice how I feel about the dance. And what I do in the dance to get a specific outcome. Yeah. Because I can change the way I dance to get a specific outcome. Because I know what oh, the judge... 100%. Yeah, well, I'm not doing that. Are yeah. you going to do that? That's no fun. Yeah, no. No. And the, and the thing that, like, I... Um, I won't mention them by name just because. Um, don't. Just, no, just, as, just out of the sake of... Because uh, they gave me a really nice compliment. And I don't mm-hmm, want mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. just in case they don't want that. Gotcha. But it was actually like this weekend. They were just like, you know, I really appreciate the fact of how well you like push out of the box. You know, how well you do that. Mm-hmm. And with still within, like I can recognize that, mm-hmm. that this is the stance. Mm-hmm. And you've always done that super well. And I, I was like, like thank you. Like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I, he's like, I don't know if I'll ever be, be able to do that. And I was like, why not? Why not? If if you like, you've always hold yourself like in that box. Like you'll never be able to do the un, the unthinkable. So like whenever whenever I'm doing a routine, and like especially for this routine, right? Like I'm doing the routine that I want to do with the amount of swing and pushing the boundaries that I want to do. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's what makes an exciting routine is when I'm in full control. It's not like, granted, am I saying like completely disrespect the rules and not do anything? Right. Right. No, I'm saying I want to do the West Coast swing routine that I want to do. And, and, and I like that, like the biggest thing that Chantel and I worked on this past weekend was dancing the routine. Yeah, because you, you know we have to m- make people understand that when you choreograph a routine, sometimes it's hard to dance the routine because you're in a box. Yep. And you have to feel the choreography first, and yep. then you start to dance it. I, I always say that there are two couples that dance their routine and swing amazing. With they choreograph within the routine that it's so swinging. It's Kyle and Sarah, mm-hmm. and Brent and Kalis. Mm. Mm. They swing and choreograph with it. So when you look at their choreography, when I look at it, I say to myself, I don't have to think about how do I dance through the routine. But there are other routines, myself included, routines that I've had with someone, um, that sometimes I have to go, ah, I can't, I don't feel, feel it doesn't feel right. And they just organically make it happen through their choreography. It's, stupidly ridiculous and freaking awesome there's no there's no two couples for me that do it like kyle and sarah and brenton calice mm. their choreography and swing just like melts together like it almost looks like they social danced and went 
okay, the, the, see the social dance? They, they take all their social dances, look at them, and then make a routine but, together. But they did, like Kyle and Sarah talked about how yeah. they social danced. Yes. Which one was it? Johnny Be Good, I think? Johnny Be Good. And they just sure. danced it, yeah. and then that turned into their choreography. Yeah, it's so good, so good, so good. Yeah. As opposed to somebody Free either handing you... Uh, <laughs> as opposed to somebody handing handing you a choreography that right. your body has to learn right. before mm-hmm. you can dance it, right. or what it you seems feel. like a lot of people are doing where they're like, well... There's this in the m- music. Let's create this moment here, this moment here, and then somehow connect them. Right. And so it's not one continuous kind right. of dance. Are you about to sing, Chris? You look like you are. What's no. happening over there? No. It's, it, it's just more It's more of like... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, like as far as like the moments thing, like whenever I think of a routine, like whenever I'm choreographing someone's routine or thinking about moments in my own, like... Mm-hmm. I think of like a general gist of what I want. Like, oh, this makes me feel this. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not like, oh, this moment I should look at the audience and stare into judge one's face and be like, do you see my dribbles? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I like honestly, the biggest thing, this is, this is advice is a generalized thing. Routines, any level is stop looking at the audience. Yes, thank you very much. I said that all the time. Look at each other. Look at each other. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Mm -hmm. The choreography will naturally make you look there. Everything else, look at the person you're freaking dancing with. I feel like I taught you that. With Tara. Mm. You remember? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was was an adjustment, (laughs) yeah. I was like, stop looking at the audience, people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's just it's just that's that's the biggest thing like whenever i'm judging i'm like you were anchoring and i see right. everything yeah, like yeah. you were facing me and you just did a sugar push right like why is this happening why are you not looking at each other like this, this, this it, it's not it's not natural mm-hmm. it's not natural like everything should feel more natural if you're facing the audience it should feel natural to have that happen. I agree. If you're not facing the audience, then don't. Yeah. Right. Like the biggest, the biggest thing that I, I actually semi disagreed with as far as the swimmers. Can you semi disagree with someone? Well, I'm, I don't, either disagree I don't know. or you... I disagreed. Okay. There okay. we go. So, so I think this was, this was a tool that they used. I don't, so when they when they taught me routines, they mm-hmm. said, dance so that way the person in the back of the room can see you. So that way you can project. get that, project, get that bigger performance. Yeah, but you can still do that while looking at each other. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. So, like, you, have they, to, you have to command the audience's attention, not demand it. Right. So, like, they still definitely said, like, don't, like, just look at the audience just and just stare at them the whole time. It was more of, like, the energy factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, like, when I sort of evolved in my routine dancing and my dancing in general, I was like, no, dance for the people in the front row, and the rest of them should buy better seats next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Because the thing is, is, like, what I found in just at least my own dancing is whenever I try and dance for the back row, I get too wild, too big. It ends up being bad. But, but when I when I'm able to just have every it's it's that sense of instead of having people lean back in their seat, being mm-hmm. like, "Whoa," have them 
lean forward and scoot to the edge of theirs, no matter the energy of their routine, because they're so drawn into it. However, like um, recently now in the last, I'm going to say five years, mm-hmm. uh, how the lighting is in the ballroom when you compete, it's it's basically like when you're dancing on stage yes. in, on Broadway. So mm-hmm. you only see the two front rows anyway, right? Yes. So you should just be dancing for those front rows now, right? Yes. Because there's no, you can't see them. Yeah. At all. And, 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 and that, that was the biggest thing that I learned that sort of changed how I performed. I was like, no, it's, it was kind of like how you're saying command, right? I was like, no, look at me. No, like instead of saying like, oh, let me prove myself. It's like, no, look at me. You're here to watch me. Mm-hmm. Like in having not necessarily that, like it's not condescending. It's more of just like, no, no, like having that confidence in mm-hmm. yourself. Like, no, this is some cool stuff that I'm about to do. So you're going to watch it. Yeah. It's like, I, I always use the example of like, you walk into a restaurant and you see a, two, two couples sitting at a table and one of the couples are arguing really loud. Mm-hmm. Another couple's like talking intently close to each other, but whispering. The mm-hmm. whispering couple gets your attention. The people that are screaming make you want to walk away. You're like uncomfortable exactly. with it, right? But the people that are like talking and whispering, you're like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about. It's like, are they, are they spies? Like, right, right, right. Like, can I be a part of the mission? Right, like, exactly. I am here. Right, exactly. I'm in booth 12. Right. You know where I'm at. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. You get it. You totally get it. Yeah. Well, and if you notice, I feel like if I notice people are looking at the audience... It's too much. Right. I'm just annoyed. Like yeah. you said, it should be natural. Like, should oh, they looked natural. at me because they're Stop facing that way. Stop smacking me in the face. <laughs> yeah. Stop asking for it. Yeah, I'm over Stop it. Stop looking at me with your eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> eyeball or eyeballs? Just, just one. Just, just the eyeball. Just, just the just one. one. Just the raised one. eyebrow. Just. We should we should do the game. Yeah. Let's get to the game. <laughs> 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 we just made Chris Keckle. This oh is so good. Gosh, it's so good. We have a game. We should do the game. Yes, I, I do think we should do the game. All right, let's do the game. All right. Um, so now it's time for a game. We're, we're, first time we're doing it, it's called The Naked Truth and a Lie. <laughs> and uh, one lucky audience member will get to play and try to win a free Naked Truth shirt. So who wants to play? <laughs> Bobek, come on. We got Bobek. Come so, on up. Over here. So the thing is, it's like, as soon as you guys posted this, I saw him comment. He's like, don't worry. I'm just going through his entire Facebook feed. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He's done his research. But none of this bit. is going to be on there, I don't I think. I know. It's not. Damn. And I did it on purpose. got to keep Damn. it away from him. So, uh, so yeah. So okay. I, yeah. So, here's how this works. Um, oh, thank you. Because we have Chris here. Okay. He's going to be the oh my subject God, is of Chris this here? game. <laughs> He's here. It's in the spirit. ghost in the room. It's a very existential question. We already asked that one. Um, so uh, we'll ask you a series of questions, and we'll present you with two potential answers, one a truth and one a lie, and you just have to guess the true correct answer. Got cool? It. So uh, question one. Uh, Chris claims Twin Peaks, California as his hometown. However, he was actually born in another city. Which East Coast city was Chris born in? Was it A... Boston, or B, Washington, D.C.? <laughs> <laughs> Looking like at Chris game. is not going to uh, give you the answer. Nope. Nope. Washington, D.C. Correct. You are correct. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I was born there because my dad was stationed at the Pentagon. 
I knew that. Yeah. No, I didn't. No. But yeah, so I was that over there until I was, until I was two, and then they moved out to California in Twin Peaks. All right. So does he stay here for the next question? Yes. Okay. He's, he gets all, right, all so. five. No, there's five. Okay. Yeah, so five. I love this question, by the way. <laughs> Chris learned to crawl backwards before he learned to crawl forwards. What else did he learn to do backwards before forwards? Was it swim, A, drive, B? <laughs> I want to say swim. Incorrect. <laughs> I learned to drive backwards first. So How did that happen? Is, so, so my mom, like, I learned to drive when I was eight. Um, and my mom took me to a parking lot and she only drove stick. And so I was learning to drive stick. And for people that know cars, it's, it's hard, it's hard to get it into reverse. I drive stick first too. But because the gearing is actually higher ratio, it's a little bit easier with the clutch play to go backwards before Mm -hmm. forwards. So I learned to drive backwards when I was eight, before forwards. Okay, so, but how did you crawl backwards first? <laughs> on, no, honestly, I don't know. I just crawled backwards. And my mom's like, well, this is what we're in for. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it was, it, there's like this home video that I have. Maybe I'll post it on my Instagram. You should. I'll post it on my Instagram. But it was... Chris it, underscore dude man. Yeah. Um my, Dude, man. my yeah, my mom would would do the 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 truck noise. Was like beep beep beep, and I would crawl backwards, and then I would like and we would play this game in this in the hallway, and it's a video in the hallway, and I like try and chase her and get her, and she would go beep, and I would back up. I want video. And then and then as soon as she stopped doing the beep, I was like crawl after her, and then beep, and I would, could go back again. And it was this game that we play. I want video. Yeah. Also, a fun another fact about me that's not on the list, right? Is um, I would I would wear my uh, rain boots on the uh, opposing feet, and I would wear my raincoat and crisscross pretend to pretend to be a duck. (laughs) And 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 my you poor child. And my and no and literally I was like. In the rain while my dad's cooking burgers, and I'm just going, quack, 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 quack. Also on video. <laughs> I want both of them. Okay. Oh. I, I am not embarrassed. They're amazing. You shouldn't be. When I was eight, we took a family trip. We flew out to San Francisco. We drove mm-hmm. all the way up the West Coast to British Columbia, and, and then back down through whatever, Idaho and, and Nevada. And on the way up, we stopped in Oregon. We Which we are here right now. The o- we're actually the... we're in Washington right now, but anyway, Cor- yeah, 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 we drove through here technically, um, <laughs> but we drove through and we went by um, University of Oregon and my which back then we called Oregon because I was from New York. <laughs> Everybody here is like I'm no. from New York and I've never called Oregon? it Oregon. Oh, we called it Oregon. It was Oregon Trail. Yeah. You did? Why are you? High? I never called it Oregon. I called yeah. it Oregon. Oregon. Okay, well, no, yeah, never mind. Anyway, so we oh. drove by the university, and I really wanted a duck bill. And so it's one of those duck bills on an elastic string that you wear around. And I wore it everywhere. Oh, and is I was there a video. And we got there's p- 
pictures. I don't think there's video. It was before, you know, <laughs> the convenience of video. Uh, but yeah, old. apparently I got on a, I got on, I think it was a trolley in Seattle or some like bus in Seattle and apparently freaked out another kid on the bus because <laughs> he saw this boy with a duck beak. It's like the Twilight Zone episode <laughs> totally. with the pig noses. Yes. Do you remember that episode? Yes, yes. I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Twilight Zone freaked me out. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. Oh, I mean, so I watched good. it. But... So good. I would watch well, it. Well, now they have years. the new one. But I don't yes. have CBS All Access. Jerks. Yeah. They have a new one? Yeah. yeah. With, uh, what's Jordan, his name? Uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. He's the one, because he, he wrote Get Out. I and watch then CBS Us all the time. They're on it's, CBS. It's only on the All Access, About, I think. Like, I like have All digital, Access, Their digital platform. Go look at it. I have it. Twilight Zone. We'll I have good. it all. Do it. Don't tell me. Question number three. We're going to let Chris do okay. this one. Yeah. Okay. I did not learn to swim in a swimming pool. Where did I learn to swim? Was it Venice Beach in Los Angeles or a creek in the mountains? What is a creek in the mountains? Yes! <laughs> Correct. In the form of a question. I love that he just did that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, my the, the next one is my personal favorite. Okay. I like well, this one too. Yeah. I don't. I still no like pressure. number five, right. but okay. So, question four: uh, When he was five years old, Chris concluded his mom was the tooth fairy, based on the fact that there was no fairy dust left behind. He confronted her about it, and she gave him an answer that convinced him the tooth fairy was indeed real. What did she tell him? Was it a? There's no dust because they just use a dustbuster to clean up after. Or B, there's no dust because it disappears quickly after they use it. Can you read the first one again? <laughs> a, there's no dust because they just use a dustbuster to clean up after. Or B, there's no dust because it disappears quickly after they use it. I'm going to say the first one. You are correct. <laughs> wow, he's doing well. He is yeah. doing well. No, that's, that's three out of four. Stocky. That's honestly so. <laughs> We're going to have to give him the t-shirt. No, yeah. So when I, when I. <laughs> Didn't we already? Did we not give you one yet? No, no. I keep forgetting to buy one. Uh, uh, well, then no, you're... buy one. We don't have to buy one. We'll give you one. <laughs> so anyway, my, that is a true story. Like my mom. Literally, I, I, she, she was like, you came to me with your hands on your hips and you're like, mama, I know you're the tooth fairy. <laughs> and, and she's like, really? She's like, and I was like, you know why? Cause there's no fairy dust <laughs> anywhere in my room. <laughs> and she's like, well, they just use a dust buster when they leave. So that way that there's no fairy dust when you wake up. And I was like. Okay, and left. <laughs> <laughs> but like that—that's all I needed. I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." <laughs> I just bounced. <laughs> oh my god! When did you figure out? Oh gosh, I don't Cause know. Because she kept he you on the trail 20. for a while. He was <laughs> right. He's like, "You mean there's no fairy?" <laughs> I was Dude, like, fairy? "I was like, they don't produce dust busters anymore. This must be some bullshit." <laughs> like, <laughs> they do produce dust busters. I have one. I know. I was just trying to be funny. The, I have the dirt devil one. It's a good one. It's a good one. I like yeah, that one. Yeah. This is my favorite question, number five, and I'm so excited. I get number to five, ask go it. for it. <laughs> I'm so excited I get to ask this. Chris has a fear of a particular kind of animal. What animal is he afraid of? 
Is it A, horses, B, llamas? Nay, nay. I was trying to see if you get a reaction from that. I was trying to, what did he say? That was a horse? I was trying to make horse noises if you got scared. The goat? I saw you do your horse in the dance tonight. That was nice. Yeah. You said it was a horse or a llama? Horse 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 or or llamas. I'm going to say llama. You are incorrect. Damn it. It's horses. <laughs> that, that Which he did, he did the dance. when did. we were dancing. I don't even remember so what brilliant. it was, but I remember it did. It was yeah. so good. Do you know why I chose llamas as the other one? Why? Why? <laughs> well, yes, because they spit. So yes. I thought that might be a reason to that's fear them. Good, good. When I was four, I went to the zoo. And, you know, there's like the petting zoo. Yeah. Um, and my mom like lifted me up to pet the llama. And it sneezed on me. <gasps> Oh I, no, that's I was tragic. Sick the next day. <laughs> oh my gosh. You got sick from the llama? That, that, just, apparently. that just reminds me of that scene in Jurassic Park oh, where the dinosaur yes. spits the on dinosaur the dinosaur just Ugh. straight up sneezes. Yes, disgusting. Oh, oh, yeah. Classic. I do like that movie though. The Brachiosaurus. Oh, so good. I like the new ones too. Mm. Those are good. <sighs> I actually like them better. They're just, what? All right. Sorry. I'm sorry. Do you know you what? knew I grew up at like, I, know, I became I a care. scientist because of Jurassic Park. I mean, come on. Really? Yeah, I was almost a vertebrate paleontologist even up into college. Your so you went to you took you uh, so I have a biochemistry. I was the youngest not member because of, of the uh, Jurassic Park. I was the youngest member of the New York Paleontological Society. Oh, I used to go to their meetings in the American Museum of Natural History once a month, Sunday afternoon. Be me and a bunch of old people with bow ties, and they'd have some <laughs> lecture on like fossils and prehistoric we're both creatures. And, but we're ten years apart, which is why yes. Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, no, I was like encouraged. You I was like to. eleven when that book came out. Yeah. And I read it. You're an idiot. Hooked. You just said that out loud. I just said we're 10 years apart. You're 11, which made you so <laughs> stupid. I hate you. Eric and I will no longer be doing the naked truth anymore. <laughs> I am your new host, and I'll be taking over for the rain- remainder of shows. Thanks. This is the transition. I mean, they've just been doing it for a year, but I'm year two. Welcome. <laughs> That's great. Can you do audio production for our show? Oh, my God. That was amazing. <laughs> So good. All right, so we have to like close this stuff out. Yeah. All right. Well, for playing, you're still gonna get a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. No, you no, you no, he won. He only got two wrong. Yeah. Out of five. He played. He gets yeah, everybody's you a, a winner. You totally got a t-shirt. You're all a winner. Yeah. Um that's all the time we have. We do wanna let you all go back to social dancing. Right. Uh thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Chris, yeah. for joining us tonight. Um, if people want to contact you, what's the best way for them to reach you other than at Chris underscore Dudemont? <laughs> Dudemont. Because um, it's French. Yes. Oui. Oui. Uh, baguette. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can contact me at my website. At, which is? Which is ChristopherDumont.com. Can you please spell Dumont for some people? Because so, they're... So basically... Of the world. Yeah, so think... New Orleans, right? So like Cafe Dumont. Dumont. Yep. Yeah, just remove Without the, the e. e. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's D-U-M-O-N-D. And uh, yeah, so ChristopherDumont.com. My email is contact at ChristopherDumont.com. Or you can just get, you know shoot me a message on Messenger. That always works as well. And if in order to find me, it's Facebook.com forward slash Christopher dot then Dumont. That's me. Cool. Great. Yeah. Excellent. Um, another thank you to Katie and the Portland Swing Dance Club for inviting us to do our show at their event and for being such great fans of the show. 
If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, you can post a comment on our website. You can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also email Eric and myself through our site at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page to get the latest news. You can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our leak. You got it. Subscribe to our weekly email newsletter. Letter. Well, I, I can't. Oh, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter. Follow us on Instagram at the Naked Truth WCS, and follow us on Twitter at the Naked Truth. Stop doing that. To me. <laughs> like we have for you to say something we, about Twitter because I always say something about. We Twitter. can edit. So why don't you just do that one? Because that's originally yours. That's fine. I can just go. That's always yours. So you do that. Well, but you started you saying. Just, you, no, you said go. Well, screw it. I'll do it. I All right, fine. Him. If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, you can post a comment on our website. You can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also email Deborah and Eric through their site, thenakedtruth.com, or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our at the Naked Truth WCS and follow us on Twitter. Naked Truth WCS. You can also buy some of our swag <laughs> through our online store. We have limited supplies of men's and women's shirts with our logo and other fun designs. Just go to thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash store to buy yours today. We can ship it to you or we can get it to you at an upcoming event. Again, that's thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash store. And we will be doing another special live show at Boogie by the Bay called Naked Wine Coast Truth. That's right. The Naked Truth meets Wine Coast Swing. We'll sit down to chat with the amazing Brandy Gilt and the incredible Robert Royston. Who knows what shenanigans will happen when the four of us get together with a bottle of wine. Join us Sunday night of Boogie by the Bay at 8.30 p.m. in the Sand Pebble Room. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes, please rate us and give us a review over iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And that's the mega truth. truth. Wow. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>
I was like, oh, just put me in the beige suit and I'll fly everywhere. <laughs> I'm you, it's crazy. Vision, dreams of passion. And all the while I think of you. A very strange reaction. The more I see, the more I do. 